1: Hello and welcome to Diffusion. Sit back and relax while we inject weird and wonderful science directly into your genes. I'm Ian Wolfe. On this edition, we have Nady Brady talking about NAD plus and ciguatera fish poisoning. But first up, here's the news. Herbal Protection for Spinal Cord Injury People who suffer back injury can go on to suffer inflammation and nerve damage. Rosmarinic acid is a polyphenol compound found in edible herbs such as rosemary, lemon balm, sage, vanilla and spearmint. The effects of rosmarinic acid on spinal cord injury were studied by teams from the General Hospital of Chinese PLA in Beijing and the State Key Laboratory of Medical Neurobiology at Fudan University in Shanghai. They found that rosmarinic acid protected against loss of neurons and inflammation by reducing the expression of a protein complex that controls cytokine production. Cytokines are used by the immune system to signal where inflammation should happen to protect against bacterial infection. Less cytokines means less inflammation and less nerve damage in spinal cord injury. Their paper was titled Neuroprotective Effect of Melissa Officinalis, in an Animal Model of Spinal Cord Injury, and was published in the journal Medicinal and Aromatic Plants. This supports an earlier study from 2015 performed by a team at Bakhtiari University of Medical Sciences in Tehran. They found that in rats recovering from spinal cord injury, motor function and sensory perception were improved when they were injected with an extract of the herb lemon balm. In 2016, a team from the University of Florence studied the effects of several different kinds of rosemary extracts on rats with chronic constriction injury of the sciatic nerve. They found that an extract of rosemary reduced the hypersensitivity of nerves, relieved pain and protected nerves from further damage. Their paper was titled, Antineuropathic Effects of Rosmarinus officialis L. Terpenoid Fraction, Relevance of Nicotinic Receptors and was published in the journal Nature. And which easily available plant has the most rosmarinic acid? A 2012 paper, Comparative Study of Rosmarinic Acid Content in Some Plants of the Labiatai Family, published in the journal Pharmacognosy Magazine, showed that in the labiatai family of 29 plants that include peppermint, rosemary, sage and lemon balm, it happens that spearmint has the highest concentrations of rosmarinic acid. Spearmint smarts and rosemary recall. In 2016, a team at the St. Louis University School of Medicine Division of Geriatrics found that rosemary acid is a nootropic cognitive enhancer. It can prevent cognitive decline if you're an old mouse. Researchers test the effects on learning and memory of a spearmint extract with 5% rosemary acid and two rosemary extracts, one with 60% rosemary acid and one with 10% carnosic acid. In mice with the senescence accelerated mouse SAMP8 mutation that makes them age very quickly. Previous studies have shown that carnosic acid and rosemary acid have effects on memory enhancement, anti stress, and antidepressant like effects in mice. This study showed spearmint extract with 5% rosemary acid improved acquisition and retention of memory in foot shock avoidance in a maze and object recognition. The rosemary extract containing 60% rosemary acid improved memory acquisition and retention in foot shock avoidance in a maze, object recognition and lever press tests. Rosemary extract with 10% carnosic acid improved memory retention, foot shock avoidance in a maze and lever press tests. The researchers observed a reduction in oxidative stress markers in specific areas of the mouse brain indicating that these extracts had effects at the cellular level in the brain. oxidative stress has been correlated with age-related cognitive decline. The researchers conclude that rosmaric acid and carnosic acid can delay or prevent age-related cognitive decline. All the extracts were obtained from the nutraceutical company Kemen Foods. Kemen co-sponsored the study with the Veteran Affairs Medical Center in St. Louis. The paper was titled, Effect of Botanical Extracts Containing Carnosic Acid or Rosmaric Acid on Learning and Memory in Samp8 Mice, and was published in the journal, Physiology and Behaviour. So for protection from spinal cord injury, chronic constrictive injury, and age-related cognitive decline, Rosmaric Acid and Carnosic Acid are your friends. You're listening to Ian Wolfe on Diffusion Science Radio. Send emails to science at diffusionradio.com. We're brought to you across Australia on the Community Radio Network and podcast over the internet on www.diffusionradio.com. Ciguatera fish poisoning is an illness caused by eating seafood contaminated with ciguatoxins. Ciguatoxins are made by microalgae that live in tropical waters near tropical reefs. Fish eat the microalgae, or seaweed with microalgae growing on it, but the ciguatoxins don't hurt the fish. Larger fish eat these fish, and then still larger fish eat those, concentrating the poison further in each step until humans eat the largest fish. The ciguatoxins bind very strongly to a receptor in human cells and change the way electrical impulses travel through the cell's sodium ion channels. This modulation of signals and change in the movement of sodium causes neurological symptoms, as well as problems with heart and circulation, digestion and breathing. A commonly reported symptom that is indicative of ciguatera fish poisoning is the sensation of burning cold, or temperature reversal. The ciguatoxins are very hard for the human body to get rid of, The molecules have a fat-soluble end and a water-soluble end like a detergent, which means when the body tries to expel the toxin, a lot of it is reabsorbed. Even worse, once it gets inside cells and locks into the sodium ion channel receptor, it stays there, causing chronic ciguatera fish poisoning. The only treatment available is for people who suffer the illness to avoid eating seafood, meat from animals fed seafood, nuts and alcohol because they're known from case histories to be associated with relapses or worsening of symptoms. Otherwise, doctors can only treat the symptoms. In 2012, a patent was published by IRD, the French National Research Institute for Sustainable Development, titled Use of Rosemary Acid and the Derivatives Thereof to Treat Ciguatera. The patent detailed research into a traditional remedy from French Polynesia of making a tea from the leaves of the octopus bush, Heliotropium fotherium. The team, based in the Louis Millard Institute in Tahiti, has identified rosemary acid as the most active ingredient in the tea. In the patent, they explain in detail how the traditional medicine is made from the yellowing leaves of the small tree. In late 2013, the team in collaboration with researchers at the University of New South Wales published a paper titled Neuroprotective Effects of Rosmarinic Acid on Ciguatoxin in Primary Human Neurons. They performed cell assays showing how the Ciguatoxin was dislodged from the sodium channel receptor in human cells in the lab. The lead author of the paper was Nadie Brady from the Centre for Healthy Brain Ageing at the University of New South Wales. In 2014, I visited Nady Brady and interviewed him at length. He explained the effects of toxins in the human body and the new research into rat models of treating ciguatera fish poisoning with synthetic rosmarinic acid at the Louis Millard Institute in Tahiti. Three years later, I found my way back to Nady to get an update on the ciguatera research. I began by asking him where the research was at.
0: Yeah, we had cell culture work, which is basically human brain cells, we have been exposed to ciguatera toxin, and we also were collaborating with a group in Tahiti who had done some of the mice work.
1: And so, when they poison the mice, how are they sure that they've got ciguatera given that there's not a blood test?
0: Yeah, because what they're using is a, a fish that have been collected in regions where there is high levels of ciguatera. So, it, those fish have been, the carcasses, the bones have been grinded up, and then there is like a, a mass spectrometry test to look at, to actually identify ciguatera. However, uh, well, there is no standard blood test that for for people to get to get Cigutera, uh, d- d- detected.
1: Which leads to the next question: Once they've given them rosemary acid, how can they tell that they're cured?
0: Okay, basically they're looking at uh, a functional effects. For example, ciguatera can introduce several, several pathological processes. One is inflammation. So. The addition of rosmarinic acid reduces the uh, cytokines that are released, so meaning the rosmarinic acid is actually acting as anti-inflammatory. Also things like oxidative stress markers are actually reduced with rosmarinic acid, showing that rosmarinic acid can act as antioxidant as well. Also, a uh, can also cause some sort of neuropathies involving activation of the sodium-gated voltage channels. So rosmarinic acid has been shown in other studies to to interact with these uh, channels which can be another another way of, of, of neuroprotection by resmarinic acid.
1: So are you still in contact with the Tahiti group? Do Have they got a plan for when they'll do human trials?
0: Uh, I'm unaware of any trials in, in, at the moment. However, I think there is a patent on the acid, and that's uh, still in process to, for, for development of, of uh, nutraceutical for, for, for people that can be used for people that have, have been exposed to ciguatera. Oh, and also as a, as, a, as a supplement.
1: So there are rosmarinic supplements on various herbal health food shops online based on rosemary, sage, vanilla herbs like that. Would they contain enough bioavailable rosmarinic acid to help someone that's been exposed to the toxin?
0: My suggestion first is to identify where these uh, supplements have come from because taking t- too much is not always great and there could be other things that are there inside the supplement which you don't want. So my best uh, best uh, uh, solution is actually to identify where the, who the supplier is and speak to them, contact them and to make sure that, that what you're buying is certified.
1: So while they're waiting for the human trials and the eventual marketing of the drugs, would something like rosemary tea be effective? I know someone's trying that.
0: Okay. The rosemary, of course, has is high levels of nutrition. For example, it contains, it's shown to be a antioxidant, anti-inflammatory. So it may be of some significance. However, it can not be relied upon as a, as a, ther- as a therapeutic cure, M- more, more to manage some of the symptoms.
1: And I was reading that chronic fatigue syndrome, which there's a whole flurry of papers come in the last six months, there were some researchers a long time ago that thought there might have been an epitope of ciguatoxin that was causing a lot of the symptoms, that, you know, stomach bacteria or that's something.
0: Right, that's right. Chronic right. uh, fatigue syndrome has many causes. Some of it's uh, genetic. However, what it was saying is that there are some factor which is actually leading to a reduced energy in, in, these, in these people. So there is a lot of uh, direction pointing out to a microbe-related cause. Some saying that it's related to the herpes zoster, it's due to the weak immune system of the body. Some saying it's related to the influenza virus or to other, other bacteria. So it could be one thing, because chronic fatigue syndrome hits people suddenly. Sometimes you're unaware of it, it just happens. And all in all, it leads to a decline in energy levels, which explains why there's too much fatigue. It's similar to uh, in cancer th- in cancer therapy where people get catexia kate- or muscle wasting. It's due to NAD depletion, which actually is not necessarily due to the cancer itself, but actually due to the chemotherapy. Because part- most of the chemotherapy targets the NAD pathway, but doesn't discriminate between the cancer cell and the normal cell. It just reduces the energy of everything.
1: That sounds dangerous for older people.
0: <laughs> that's right, that's right. That's why this uh, NAD is a very big thing, particularly in the U.S., in the U.S.A., like right now, it's... a uh, There's clinics everywhere for IV NAD where they give you intravenous injections of a certain amount of NAD, and then there's a follow-up treatment where it's a nasal nasal spray.
1: Would rosmarinic acid contribute to the NAD cycle at all?
0: Yes, but indirectly. The way rosmarinic acid can actually increase NAD is only as an antioxidant, so it's by by chelating and getting rid of all the radicals, it's allowing higher levels of NAD to be available. So it's not gonna increase the production of NAD directly by like several fold, no, but it will, it will sort of react like ruthenium and try to restore the homeostasis.
1: And I was looking through our conversation from three years ago, and if I understood correctly, you were saying that the way that the cigavitoxin binds into the receptors in the cells leads to- actually leads to NAD depletion. And then if I took say NMN or other things, it wouldn't, it would block the supplements from helping.
0: Okay, in this in this case, no. Actually, I think you've got it wrong. If you, if you see so what Cigotero does is eventually leads to NAD depletion through apoptosis and cell death, to increase oxidative stress. So it's going to be oxidative stress that depl- mediates NAD depletion. So by taking by increasing NAD levels, theoretically, you should overcome this. It should help you manage the symptoms of of of, of Cigotero toxin, some of them.
1: So it sounds like. A future treatment for ciguatera poisoning could well be rosemary acid and something like NMN or, or one of the other equivalents that boost NAD+ plus production.
0: Potentially, but of course that requires like a, a numerous trials to show this, at least in the preclinical level, uh, using a, a mice models. So you would need to do a study where mice are being exposed to ciguatera toxin, and then you can give them a any main or any other any precursor prior to or after and then you see what is the effect on, on the pathology. Of course this is all requires a lot of, lot of funding. A lot of funding, <laughs> is, yes.
1: yeah. People need to fund the Center for Healthy Brain Aging.
0: Yeah, that's, that's right. Everyone that has a uh, cigarette cigarette just uh, manage themselves properly. Be aware of what sort of things that they can uh, do to, to improve their lifestyle. So right now, of course, uh, they should uh, try to make sure that they are very fit and very uh, e- eating eating like healthy, h- h- healthy foods and, uh, of course, not mix alcohol with, with, with you know, and drugs and all these things to reduce smoking because they can all increase the neuropathy. And there's new developments, hopefully, with rosmarinic acid. So hopefully that will be available on the market. Of course, it may take a while to get to Australia because that's not only how it works.
1: That was Nady Brady at the University of New South Wales Centre for Healthy Brain Aging, talking about NAD plus and ciguatera fish poisoning. The final interview from Nady Brady about his work on NAD plus and alcohol addiction will be next week. Following up on my discussion of ciguatera research with Nady Brady, I contacted the Louis Millard Institute in Tahiti to find out what plans they had for moving to clinical trials of synthetic rosmarinic acid as a treatment for ciguatera. They wrote back with the bad news that they no longer have the expertise of senior staff and the funding for the project has gone. They hope to conduct the clinical trials soon. For now, they're developing a tool to very accurately diagnose ciguatera fish poisoning from blood and urine tests. This will not only help people get an accurate diagnosis of their health, but give an objective test for further medical research, as all diagnosis at present is on reported symptoms. I told them that I found online that Heliotropium fotherium, the octopus bush, grows on islands in the Great Barrier Reef of Australia, as well as on the islands of French Polynesia. As someone who has suffered from chronic ciguatera fish poisoning myself for 14 years, I'm not happy to wait until someone starts funding the research for a cure. I explained that I would like to mount a small expedition to the Heron Island Research Station in the Great Barrier Reef National Park, armed with a plant identification checklist from a botanist to find the octopus bush, and with a special license, bring samples back to Sydney. Here I'd try and grow the tree myself, and of course, try the traditional remedy. The leaves are a traditional bush food, so there's no health risk. I could also get the leaves to Meow Ludo Meow Meow at the BioFoundry, so we could sequence the DNA and look into getting a bioreactor to make rosmarinic acid the same way as the octopus bush. I may look to crowdfunding to pay for the expedition. Perhaps I could video the adventure as a reward. The team in Tahiti advised me that not all octopus bush trees are equal in the amount of rosmarinic acid in their leaves. So if I go to the island and pick an octopus bush, it may not have enough rosemary acid in the leaves. They also told me that the tea made in the traditional remedy doesn't travel well. It has to be consumed when it's freshly made. They tried air freighting some of the tea from New Caledonia to people suffering ciguatera fish poisoning in Europe, and the people suffered from vomiting and nausea with no obvious improvement to their ciguatera. Anecdotal evidence is that people like me who've suffered from ciguatera for several years and have the toxin firmly bound to the receptor in my cells have experienced little improvement. They told me that I can buy rosemary acid as a supplement from health food shops online, but none of it is marketed as a ciguatera treatment. The problem is, they have no idea of the dose of rosemary acid needed to cure ciguatera, or even just improve the symptoms. On the other hand, because Rosemary Acid appears to have no side effects, it's pretty much safe to try. Other plants, such as Rosemary, Sage and Spearmint, contain Rosemary Acid. A few anecdotal reports say that Rosemary or Spearmint Tea don't have dramatic benefits, but may help ever so slightly with relief of symptoms. The only treatment currently tested to work for everybody is avoiding Seafood Nuts and Alcohol, and a list of other foods, like caffeine and chocolate, that trigger symptoms in some people. They recommend you eliminate them all and then gradually reintroduce them to find out what triggers a relapse of ciguatera symptoms for you. I'll be staying in touch with the team at the Louis Millard Institute in Tahiti and reporting on their ciguatera research as news comes to hand. I haven't given up on the expedition to Heron Island for the octopus bush. And now here's Julie McCrossin at the March for Science in Sydney. Warning, Julie McCrossin will talk about adult concepts.
2: I have been asked to just briefly explain why I am so keen and happy to be your MC today. I got this uh, uh, through global capitalism from Amazon. It is a little soft toy of an HPV virus. Now, uh, I want to uh, acknowledge and celebrate two great Australian scientists, Professor Ian Fraser, who, along with his colleague, Jian Zhu, uh, developed the HPV vaccine. Now, I'm sure you're aware, uh, uh, And I won't go into a long science thing, but there's lots of HPV viruses, but I'm sure you're aware that that vaccine developed by Australians has already saved thousands of lives of women by reducing the incidence of cervical cancer, uh, which is fantastic. And you would be aware that uh, our young people in Australia in Year 7 or 8 are now getting the HPV vaccination, which will reduce not only death, but also great suffering by preventing cancer. What is less well-known is that the HPV virus also causes cancer in the head and neck, and in the penis and the anus. And it's not every day you get a chance to say at high volume the words oral sex. But I know I'm among uh, scientists here, and the reason people uh, often don't really know why their sons are getting the HPV vaccination, because they don't have a cervix, guys, so why are they getting it? They're getting it because, because of oral sex. We can get cancer from the HPV virus in the head and neck region uh, and, then, and in the penis and the anus, Why am I so keen to tell you this? Because I am just four years uh, uh, recovered from a stage four cancer diagnosis that was oropharyngeal. I'm sorry I can pronounce that word. It's because I've had to learn it. But I had cancer on the back of my tongue, the side of my throat and in my tonsils. And I am part of a baby boomer wave of HPV-related head and neck cancer. This isn't happy information, but I'm telling you this because we need to raise public awareness about HPV in those of us who are too old to have benefited from the vaccine because an increasing number of people are getting HPV-related head and neck cancer and not everybody looks like me. So we're working with general practitioners to raise awareness and I want to also acknowledge the Australian people working in radiation science because I can speak and I can swallow. And many, many people who've had oropharyngeal, head and neck cancer, don't have those capacities anymore because they need surgery that removes those capacities. Should I get recurrence, I will welcome that surgery. But at the moment, I'm lucky not to be disfigured and I'm still able to speak. So I hope you accept that in the spirit it was all. And I checked with my oncologist this morning, and if you want to go know more, of course, go to the Cancer Council. There is a new website called Beyond Five. Many cancer centres across Australia have created a website, Beyond Five, because if you live beyond five years, you actually have a lot of problems, which I won't bore you with now. And I also recommend the National Institutes of Health websites coming out of the United States.
1: And that's all from us this week on Diffusion. A big thank you to Yevgeny for becoming my latest patron, along with Stormy, who's been a Diffusion patron on Patreon since June 2016. You can support the show at patreon.com slash diffusionradio. Would you like to hear your own voice on radio? Send us a voicemail to be played on air. A voice memo can be done on your phone, or there's a tab on the website. We need more people contributing stories to Diffusion. Send your contributions, opinions, helpful suggestions, and donations to science at diffusionradio.com. That's science at diffusionradio.com. And please do send me an email so I know you're listening and you'd like to hear more episodes. Please like the Diffusion Science Radio page on Facebook and rate us on iTunes. Tell your friends. Follow me on Twitter at Ian The news music was Rhinos Theme by Kevin MacLeod of Incombotech.com. Checking production was Charles Willock. I produced Diffusion, which is broadcast around Australia to 27 stations on the community radio network, including two RBM in the Blue Mountains of New South Wales, eight Triple C in Alice Springs and Tennant Creek, two MVR in Nambucca Valley, and three MBR in the Mallee Border Districts of Victoria and South Australia. Diffusion is syndicated globally on the National Science Foundation's Science 360 internet radio station, and also on astronomy.fm. Subscribe to the podcast on the Diffusion website, www.diffusionradio.com, that's www.diffusionradio.com and check the website for links, photos and videos from this week's show. If you enjoyed the show, you can explore more than 900 previous episodes archived on Diffusionradio.com, where the shows are labelled by keywords so you can focus in on the stories you want to hear. Subscribe to the Diffusion YouTube channel at youtube.com slash c slash Diffusionradio. I'm Ian Wolfe. Join us inside your audio device of choice for more science wondering next week on Diffusion Science Radio.